0: This is Brian Collins, I'm a uh, former Walt Disney Imagineer and you're listening to the most wonderful podcast to hit the airwaves mouseuse you're at the right place at the right time you found the number one podcast that entertains the space between your ears It's super. Caliber, I hope you enjoy the show. If you're like me, you're going to laugh a lot. We invite you to pull up a chair. Relax and get ready to take a trip to the vacation kingdom of the world. So grab your magic bands and your Mickey ears. Here we go. Because it's time for another episode of the Mouse podcast it means no
1: worries
0: for the rest of your days.
2: It's all welcome back friends to another episode of the Mouse Capades podcast this episode is brought to you by the magicalmouse.com from the past to the present and everything in between themagicalmouse.com hopes to bring you some magic wherever you may be so go check them out magicalmouse.com. Our next guest, you might know our guest today. He spent many years making magic for all of us. Maybe you've seen him in the parks or you know him by Mr. Orlando. We are joined by no other than the most popular cast member, Magical Michael. So Magical Michael, you've been creating magical moments for guests at Walt Disney World for years. And today you're coming on to share some of your most magical moments. Hey, buddy, welcome back.
1: Well, thank you. I mean, I'm just an ordinary man. I see the moments. I see opportunities. And then I also realize, you know, life is short, and there's only one life to live. So uh, create a memory that somebody will uh, will hold on to. Because you never know what they're going through, and you never know how that day is. So, you know, you can only make it better.
2: Yeah, you're a very blessed ordinary man by that. You say you're an ordinary man, but, buddy... You've, you've had a blessed life I know you've had your ups and downs but uh, you know God's blessed you as well at the same time and what I really love about you is how you see your blessings and you you, you you're motivated by that
1: um, you know what it does motivate me and I do wake up every morning and every night before I go to bed I thank him as well um, for giving me this kind of life and journey. Um, any ability to do the uh, the things that I can do.
2: Right. So let's talk about some of those things that uh, you know you've been blessed and you've been able to do. Um. So you worked in the back office in, in safety for a handful of years, and then you transitioned to the parks. Uh, more specifically, the Magic Kingdom and Disney Hollywood Studios. What were some of those magical moments that you were part of or witnessed? <laughs>
1: Um, I did two years in safety and liability, um, those moments that I did in there were more behind the scenes kind of like, um, you know, people looking for compensation on wrong billing somewhere along the line of that trip. Now, sometimes things just happen. So in the office, I would listen to all these and I would keep a tick sheet of everything that everybody complained about on my own personal level. Okay. Because I knew, yeah, and you know what? I knew at one point in time I wasn't going to stay in the office. So, like, I kept this tick sheet of everything that people would whine about, complain about. And what I did was not compensate them by money, but I would go into the parks. Um, and I would meet their favorite character, cause that's the one thing I would ask, who's your favorite? And I would get a personal, uh, picture, you know, personalized to that individual child and mail it off to them. Sure. Um, little underside magic, you know, which you wouldn't hear back from them and they didn't want money. So in the office I was actually named Penny Pusher,
0: <laughs>
2: uh, Penny Pusher. <laughs> Okay. <laughs>
1: When I decided to finally come in the parks, Magic Kingdom um, was such an honor. I worked in merchandise in the Emporium. Now, every moment I see it's with that because I didn't see it as like, hey, you're shopping in Macy's or hey, you're shopping in Target. You're shopping in the Emporium on Main Street USA. Um, So things are done differently. How I worked kids up at the Register I would give them the scanner for the register. I would take the toy and we played Buzz Lightyear Ranger Spin. Like they had that little gun. Yeah, sure thing. Um, so I would move the toy around to see if they can scan it. And then when it came up, I'd be like, oh, look, you got 1,999 points. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And have fun with that. Little things, right? Calling out birthdays. Um, one of the biggest moments in the Emporium was, and I think this video went out everywhere, there was a boy that came in and he just turned 13 years old. His name is Billy. I'll never forget him. Now Billy wasn't supposed to live until he was 13. And you know, God really blessed me because. At the time I encountered him, it started pouring on Main Street. So everybody started coming into the store. So I seized the moment by doing a huge call out in that center room, domed room, and announced how Billy wasn't supposed to be here. He was predicted not to live until 13, but here he is. Today's his birthday, and today he turned thirteen, which actually had the whole store rocked. Wow! For him, um, that was one of my like I'll know you obviously never forget that moment, right? Of course. Um, then, um,
2: I told you about the balloon story. Sure. Yeah, you did. How, how did How did Billy's parents? Um react his mother
1: was crying um she actually um she actually follows me now on on facebook okay and uh she she um she'll never forget that she talks about it
2: now is billy still still with us Billy's he's still here yeah oh god bless awesome <laughs> Wow, yeah, you, so you did tell us the balloon story, but tell us again, just in case the listeners forgot.
1: Uh, the balloon story was really a touching story because it was a lady that came in with her um, two children at the end of the night. The park was closed, kind of. Um, the Emporium stays open like an hour or so after the park closes, but you couldn't get anything, Um could like um, go to any store or get a balloon. So sure. that's what she was looking for. It's the only thing she wanted was a balloon. So I had somebody cover for me. They took care of the lady and the two kids while I ran across the street. And it just so happened the guy's locking up the back who runs the balloon thing. And. <laughs> I, I told him a story about this lady. All she wanted was a balloon. She's got two kids with her. She's leaving, blah, blah, blah. And I asked her if he can get me a Mickey on one side and Minnie on the other. Um, he did just that. So I I found out her, or his name, excuse me. When I found out his name, I wrote on the balloon. I wrote Prince so-and-so. Make all your days always be magical. Yeah. Um... When I gave her the balloon, that's, uh, that's when it hit us all because she went on Main Street with the two kids and they all kneeled down and sent the balloon up into the sky.
2: Yeah. Hey, are you still with us? We seem to be having some difficulties. I can, I can barely hear you on my end. Are you still there, Michael? Yeah, can you okay. hear me now? Now I can. Yes. Bingo. Is that better? Uh, definitely, most yeah, better.
1: Sorry. Okay. Awesome.
2: No worries. Yeah, that's that's a great uh, story. You know, when you told. Uh, did
1: you hear the end of it?
2: When you when you release the balloon.
1: When they released the balloon, yeah, to the wife, uh, the mom, and the two kids, they all got down on one knee and then released the balloon up in the air on Main Street. And I guess as the story goes, they found out after they let a the balloon in the air, you know, he asked her to marry her on Main Street. Um They announced the birth of their children on Main Street, oh, wow. and it was their anniversary, so that's why she did that. Now, like I said, you never know what somebody's going through, right? I didn't notice until afterward. Right. Um, and that's why I always say, hey, you never can adopt nothing or something. You can always see what you can do. Um, and you're only as good as the people you surround yourselves with because there's never an I and team, right? Right. So when I wrote this story on Facebook, I did include everybody because really all I did was get the balloon. You know, it's all resonant of this woman really doing something meaningful, which, quite honestly, (laughs) touched us all, made us all cry,
2: actually. Well, how could you not? Yeah, I mean, if I was in your shoes, how could you not start crying to something like that? Something that means so much to her and her family.
1: It's true. Um, You know, what meaning is, she came back on that day that... uh,
0: they,
2: um and you know, Michael, it's things like that. It's the little things when cast members go above and beyond that, you know, quote, unquote, create that magical experience for the guests. It's it's little things like that that just really make um, that just really make the whole experience that, that 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 embodies Walt, you know, that embodies Walt's philosophy You know, it's just those little things that, uh, you know, money, money can't buy, you know, or, you know, what I mean to say, I guess, is I know when I go on a trip, I'll spend whatever just to go because of the magical experiences that, that the cast members will give, you know, and how you go above and beyond in all ways. Um, You know
1: what? It's so true what you're saying, because. Um here's the thing. You could tell when somebody loves what they did, right? Everybody said that I loved what I did. Um and
2: Well I saw the again, passion in your eyes. You know, when you post those pictures, you could definitely see the passion. <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah, and I, I loved what I did. I really did. I mean, I, I, here's the thing. I have a love for life and a love for helping people and making a difference. But when I was able to go in the park and, and do this stuff, um, I studied Walt. Um, I made a point of studying him and um, what his philosophy was what the role of a cast member is, what the four keys are, um, and keeping that, trying to be a role model for a college internship, because 60% of cast members workforce is college intern. So these are kids that come from all over the world and they do four to six months in, sometimes maybe a year. This is the first time they're away from their homes. This is the first time that they may encounter a great many people um, because some of them are from small towns and they don't know how to interact. So you try and be a role model to them, you know, for sure, give them some kind of experience to what it is you want to bring, want them to bring, excuse me, out to life.
2: So how has your experience been working with uh, the college intern or the college intern program and the individuals themselves. I know, so, uh, all of us here on the podcast, you know, um, you know, take aside the full-timers and separate the college interns. Um, you have great college interns that take the advice of individuals like yourself and actually, you know, because every experience you interact with a college intern, Mike, I'm sure it's a mentoring experience. How you conduct yourself, how they see you, how you interact with, the guess how you speak, um, what your body language looks like. You know, walking through the parks, I have to say, I've seen college interns that you can tell, that you can really tell that just don't care. And maybe they're just having a bad day. You know, I don't know. You really don't know what a, what a person's going through. And you said it yourself. Um, but for my experiences in the parks, it's been 50 50 at the college intern program uh, members. I've had some really great ones that have gone above and beyond creating magic, especially for my son Colin with a trip a couple years ago where he got a Darth Vader lightsaber and Colin thought that was the coolest thing ever uh, and that came from a college intern and uh... his name was jack from hollywood studios he worked there at star tours and uh... you know he he listen to our podcast he he knew of us and he said yeah i listen and you know what come back around such and such time i'll have something for you and your son well i come back and he's got a lightsaber from for my kiddo and I was like, wow, I was blown away, you know, like this kiddo, and I found out he was part of the college intern program. Uh, But then, you know, you go to another park, like Magic Kingdom, where it's super busy, and you run into some pretty, you know, cranky uh, college intern kiddos. And again, I don't know what they're going through, you know, you don't know what their day is like, but uh, I'm sure you try to make the most of it every single day and be that mentor for them.
1: You know, one thing that I've always said, like backstage and, and before you came out onto stage with with characters or whatever you were doing, right? Is the one thing I would say to them before before that, before the park opened or before we went out. Um, guys, no matter what you're going through right now, these people are paying a lot of money to come here and have fun. And this is like, think about it. You're on vacation. So how would you want to be treated? Think about this, so no matter what you're going through, forget about it right now, this second. Drop it and go out there and have fun, because this is the one place in the world where you can go out and have fun. You can do the things that you truly enjoy, because it's a theme park, you know, there's cartoon characters that run around this place. Um, you know, we're selling popcorn, we're selling cotton candy. Uh, think about those things. There is no wrong. Um, we're we're, you know we're peter pan's philosophy magic kingdom um we are kids we never grew up we are 12 and under um so take that into consideration and use that to go out um people gonna see that
2: you know i need more bosses like you buddy i need i need four uh principles just (laughs) like you (laughs) It'd make my day a lot easier, <laughs> but you know, I could I, s- I could see your passion in the pictures. I, you know, when you say you're a mentor, I definitely believe you, because I could see it.
1: Um, I, you know, I was the same in the office throughout the years. As I was in the park. I was a little bit more loud and vocal out in the parks. Um, because, let's face it, there was no ceiling. And I would tell people that. Like, hey, you know, if I'm in a line with a character, and I hung out with, you know, I told you how I hung out with characters, right? I did with meaning. Oh, sure. So I knew I was going to be with the popular ones, and I knew I was going to be with longer lives. So with that being said... Um, I would make sure that my lines had fun with it, you know? And my my time was generally outside. So I was like, hey guys, there's no ceiling here. We can have some fun. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, there's just nothing to close us in. Um, have fun with it. So it's a little warm. You guys are from outdoors. Think about it. You know, you're gonna go back to your weather. Enjoy what you have now, because you probably don't get this weather where you're at. Um, and this is a temporary situation. Yeah, Florida is warm and hot, sticky, muggy. I got it. Live here for 22 years. Um, but you know, again, this is not something that you know you guys have to deal with on a on a long term basis. This is just you know temporary. But have fun because you pay way too much money not to.
2: So you told us uh, last week that. Uh, you know, every every day you were with a different character when you were a character handler. And you started your week off on Sunday with uh, Tinkerbell, correct?
1: I started off with Tinkerbell on Sunday nights,
2: correct. Okay, well, start us off there. So what what um, magical moments can you describe for us, either with the guests or with Tinkerbell herself, uh, you know, having fun? What are some of those magical moments that... That you can look back and say, you know, when I started my weeks off, I really enjoyed this, or I saw this happen.
1: Okay, for anybody who's ever been inside to meet Tinkerbell at the Magic Kingdom, uh, when you come in, you obviously go into a dark area, right? So, And then there's uh the room where you're in, and all of a sudden they're like, Hey, we need to have what to get to the porthole? Pixie dust. So, Pixie Dust opens the porthole. When you come in that porthole, that place is set up like no other in the world. It is truly defined and meaningful. Second star to the right, straight on till morning. When you walk in there, you can see that. You go in, second star, to the right. And then, it's dark where you are in the queue line, but morning, where is standing. Um, Along the way is all the artifacts along her movies. Um, the teacup where Peter Pan was found in Kensington Gardens. It states right on the, top, on the bottom, excuse me, of the teacup, Kensington Gardens. It gives the date that he was found. Um, the White Rabbit stopwatch is up on the wall at the time that Peter Pan was found. There's Ariel seashell hanging above. There's Captain's Hook. Um, there's Mickey's cufflink, because Mickey is like in the same building as Tinkerbell. Um, there's Cinderella's necklace that Drizella ripped off of her behind Tinkerbell. There's a lot of interesting facts in that area to create some magic for people, because here's the thing. With Tinkerbell, it's kind of hard to do magical moments because you're confined in a certain pixie hollow area but you can give them a lot of information and tools to use to converse with Tinkerbell to make it magical for them like no other experience before because I don't believe that anybody explains that to the guests as they come in
2: that's well you just did to everyone and that's truly amazing I gotta ask you a juvenile question here don't laugh laugh at me (laughs) So, no, 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 I see many pictures, and I saw many pictures from you, uh, with a crayon coloring Tinkerbell's shoe? Did I get that Yes. Right? Okay. A dandelion pup. Yes. So what is that all about?
1: That's the only truly, that's so great you brought that up. Uh, that's the only true, like, magical picture I can get with guests, Is the little kids, um, when they come in, they get a little shy. So they don't want to meet a character or the parents are pushing them. Do you know what I mean? So what's your first reaction when you're pushing somebody? Reactive state. Right. So, like, when you're really pushing somebody, they're not so inclined to do it. They have to want to do something. You can't force people today to do things that they don't want to do or probably are questioning to do. And kids from all over the world, this is the first time most of them, higher percentage-wise, excuse me, come here. And this is the first time they see, like, this odd-looking character. This is not something that they're normally used to. So, like... It's overwhelming. They come into these resorts, which are lavish. They come into Magic Kingdom and they're like starstruck by the castle. Then they're going to meet the characters, so they're a little standoffish. How do you bring it out of them? Well, I'll go over with the crayon and say, hey, do you like the color? Because I love the color. It's one of my most favorite things to do. And even though this is white, which is boring, we can paint and color and touch up Tinkerbell, and Puffs.
2: <laughs> nice. Okay. Yes. And that's how
1: that's how I get them to, like, like if you see pictures with me, I'm showing the kids how to do it. And, then like, that's how I'll hand them the crayon and get them to do that.
2: Okay. All right. Interesting. So there you go. We did find something, didn't we?
1: Yes. I mean, it's true. I mean, probably my, my thing was to explain the room. But, yes, you're right.
2: No, I get it. I get it. All right, so what are some other touching moments there, bud, that you know that you'll remember forever? And I know there's there's a lot of them, and I know you have a whole bunch of stuff on your walls as far as cast members writing nice things, you know, that the experiences that you provided for them. And I know there's probably way too much for you, for you to just pick out one or two and say those are the most memorable, but just throw a few at us and, and tell that story.
1: I'll give you some of the big ones. Um I mean, I spent a lot of time with Aladdin and Jasmine over in Old by the Magic Carpets. Um, primarily, if it was Make-A-Wish, and I saw the child was really bad off, I would have Aladdin and Jasmine take him on the ride. I would seize the line and not ask permission, but just get it done. Right. And I would have them just, I mean, especially if it was a kid that was having a rough time, too, in line. I would tell them, hey, I think you need to go to a walk around the marketplace. Um, so they would take a moment and go walk around the marketplace with just a little boy or a little girl. Um, I've done that several times with them. Those are the most memorable ones because... Here's the thing with those ma- magical moments. Everybody sees that. And you're not touching just the boy, but everybody who truly comes to Magic Kingdom and wants to experience the magic now has, even though they're truly not a part of it, just to see it.
2: Right. They had to really and touch... I was- Go ahead, sorry.
1: No, 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 you're fine. It actually was just, you know, because I took advantage of, of my surroundings, and the dollop stand was right next to a live jazzman. They all know how popular dollop is.
2: Yeah, right. And you know that kiddo probably had the best time the rest of the day.
1: You, you, um, the, the make-a-wish ones. No, yes, no. I mean you could see their face, but yeah, you want no, right. to talk about the kiddo in boys, line? The little girls. Um. It would change their day because, you know, I am not this guy, but the kids deserve Disney World. They deserve to come into the Magic Kingdom, and they deserve to have the best day ever. I know real world is very challenging, extremely, um, but when they're in the Magic Kingdom, there is no real world. This is fantasy and enchantment, and... The parents get frustrated very quickly. You could see it, right? Rob. Um, so, th- why would I want this kid to be subject to leaving early? If the kid's happy, the parents are happy, the family's gonna more have a better experience during the day. So, keep gonna keep them in the park. And I say I'm not that guy because I'm not the money guy. Do you know what I mean? I'm not like that. I am more like hey, you guys are here for a reason, and you guys are here to be a family, and you guys are here to have fun. So if the kid's happy and the parents that are happy, um, they're going to have more fun during the day, and they're going to stay there, not go back to the room, not complain. You know what I mean?
2: Sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'll, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't ever there at one point. You know, I've always said if, if you don't hear a kid crying, you're not at Disneyland, or Disney World for that matter. And because you hear it all the time, but you know, I the you know, the kingdoms need more cast members like you. And I gotta ask you another question here was it ever hard? Did, you, you mentioned Make a Wish Foundation and, and the kiddos that would come through, Mike. That had to be tough, bud. Was I mean, it had to be incredibly tough and hard. Uh, to, um, I know for me, I, I put myself in your shoes, and I would, I would almost get kind of depressed, you know, working with uh, the Make-A-Wish Foundation. I was supposed to be a happy moment, but the reality is, you know, a kiddo or, or adult with the Make-A-Wish Foundation, um, you know, they're, they're probably sick or, you know, or, or in some type of trouble. How, was it hard? Some of them are
1: very hard. Um, you don't realize how blessed you are due to your child that like literally can't move right like it's in a chair that just can't move its arms or it's legs, Um can't even move its head you know and it's funny of course and i mean not funny i mean ironic is a better word so There was two of them that came to Hollywood Studios like that. Um, The brothers. And I had to meet Donald right away. Because I saw them on a Hollywood Boulevard coming in, and Donald's in the front of the park. And somebody had a lightsaber, and the little boy said to the other brother, I truly wish we had lightsabers. And me and my captain actually went to each other. My captain just gave me a nod. I ran to Guest Relations, got some uh, okay, and ran into the store right there and got one blue and one green lightsaber for them. And uh, I gave them each a lightsaber as they came out for meeting Donald. And I got a picture with two of them. That's on my mantle to this day, because the brother who can't move, like, he literally could not move in his wheelchair, like, he had to maneuver his chair to turn to me, and he said that on behalf of my, on behalf of me and my brother, we want to thank you so much for this. And this is coming from, like, a six-year-old, you know what I mean? So it's very moving like for me not to shed a tear on something like that it's just not possible um those are the moments i'll always cherish um, right. yes i'll miss them um very much um but I, I hold on to mike i look at the pictures um i told you about the balloon story that was in memoriam but when i was an attendant with characters I encountered this couple from Britain. Now, the lady would come up in a wheelchair. I didn't think anything of it. She had these shoes. Every character she met, which the first one was Minnie Mouse, she had these stiletto shoes. (laughs) Um, I know, it sounds odd, right? Stilettos? Right. So... I mean, you looked at them and you're like, wow. Because they had Minnie Mouse pattern on them. Okay. When she met Minnie Mouse. So I'm like, Minnie, look at these shoes. My God. You wouldn't be able to walk in them by no means. But still, look at them. They're so cool. So Minnie Mouse would hold up his shoes and take a picture with the lady. Um... Uh, you know, and then they would fool around like she would try to try them on. You know what I mean? Sure. So when you talk about a little magic, I mean, it's an interaction that people will never get. Um, same thing happened to Daisy. It's just luck in a draw. There they are in my line with Daisy at Animal Kingdom. Um, same thing. Same shoes. Daisy duck, though. Um, so I did the same exact thing. And... When it was time for Daisy to go get crackers, she actually walked with her, even though she was in a wheelchair. Um, and the third character, I think it was Cinderella at the Royal Table, um, was the third character. So I didn't think anything of this. Here's the kicker. Almost a year later, i was Minnie Mouse in Town Square at Magic Kingdom. Guest Relations comes out to me in Town Square and says, Hey, will you walk back? Just come see me. So as I'm walking back, they handed me an envelope and they said I've never seen anything like this before, but this husband came all the way from England just so he can hand this to you. So he came into guest relations to make sure you got it. And he left. He wasn't staying in the park or anything. He just left. He went back home. I guess the wife passed away. The lady passed away. She was sick. Like I said, I didn't think anything of her being in a wheelchair. And it was a letter from her saying the experiences she had like she's never experienced anything like that going anywhere and gave me the pictures of me and her and just her and Minnie with the shoes Wow which I have on my wall wall as well
2: Wow pretty amazing that that you get to touch you know these individuals lives in a very personal level and the fact that that husband flew all the way from England to drop that off
1: And you can't even make this stuff up like, I, It's just unbelievable to me Like when he said that like, I almost started crying how like, This guy came all the way here I, you know? This guy came all the way from England Just to give me this And they're like yeah Because they didn't know how to mail it or whatever and, and I guess it was the wife's dying wish So he fulfilled it And like that to me was like Man there's true princes out there That's awesome
2: Wow, I mean that says a lot about you, Mike, and and you know how you would treat the guests, really like royalty. You know, like like you said, you're in that uh, fantasy land. You know, it, there is no reality; it's uh, it, it's playtime basically, and you, and you treat everyone with utmost respect and and give them that magic. I mean, that's a that's truly amazing that you've had the opportunity to do so. Yeah, you know,
1: I um. Like I said, I was very blessed of doing the things I did. Um, you know, I never saw no. And here's the thing, no matter what the business procedures were, these kids, you never know if they're ever going to come back. These grown ups, you never know if they're going to ever come back. And uh, this is the one shot that you have. You have like one moment, one shot, right in life. so seize it. And, um, that stuff that I did, I know it's Cinderella's Royal Table. Somebody said, and I have a picture. I don't know if I've actually put it up yet, but it will It will be coming up soon. Um, it's Cinderella in her lobby of the castle before you go up to the Royal Table. And the little girl says something like how Snow White was her favorite, and she just can't wait to meet Snow White. And, this, that, and she was in the queue line to come up to meet Cinderella before going upstairs. Um, so actually I had Snow White come downstairs enjoying Cinderella when she came up to meet him. Those are things that, you know what, here's the thing. It, it, it's not just touching the child. It's also touching the cast. Hey, of course... You're instilling them, hey, I could do this. Hey, I could be magical. I am magical. Um, and then everybody around. I'll never forget there was a story actually from Alice in the teacups. And this is going back when I was our first attendant, when I first started being an attendant. I was with Alice in the teacups, and this little girl was really having a challenge. She wasn't a make-a-wish, but you could just tell like she walked awkward, like she was, you know, having challenges. So Alice actually took her on the teacups with her. Like, I asked Alice, I said, hey, why don't you just go ride the ride with her? And I'll take care of the line. Don't worry about it. This is the thing. Cass always knew that I had their back. Like, I would take care of things. I was good with these people. I can articulate and relate to them. Hey, well, just be a minute. Um, and then let Alice go do her thing. And she did that. We're doing a lady from Alabama whose actually a husband is in the FBI. And he's actually a good friend of mine to this day that they saw this and they came back like six months later ran into me I guess I was running out on Main Street somewhere in my costume and they saw me and they stopped me and they said hey we'll never forget you were the guy who put Alice on the teacups with that little girl we saw that so in other words you're touching other people's lives as well when you do these things the ones that watch and the ones that truly have that magic that want to experience it. That's what I was saying before. Like, they see this and it's like, wow, this is like everything I see on TV, like commercial.
2: Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. Picture perfect, right? Yeah. Let me ask you a question. So, as your time as a cast member, did you ever have the opportunity, and maybe different cast members do it, I, I don't know, to, to tap that person on the shoulder to stay in Cinderella's Castle? To stay in
1: Cinderella's
2: Castle? Right, don't, don't. Uh, I'd like in
1: the suite?
2: Yeah, don't, don't you have the opportunity to, like, uh, I, maybe not you, but someone else. Uh, but the question was, have you ever had the opportunity to actually tap someone on the shoulder and say, hey, you know, you've been selected to stay in Cinderella's Castle? Or have you witnessed it?
1: I Have not.
2: Have you been up in Cinderella's um, castle by any chance?
1: I had two, actually one opportunity. I, I I've been in I've been in a suite. Yes, I have been in the suite.
2: Is it uh, is it G fourteen classified or can you talk about it?
1: No, I can talk about it. it Sweet. It, it, um, I I tell you this. I don't think anybody realizes how you get to stay in Cinderella's castle. Is that correct?
2: Right, so, so it was told to me by a cast member one time that uh, 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 there's someone that walks around the park that just goes up to a random family, taps them on the shoulder, and basically says, hey, you've been chosen to stay in Cinderella's Castle tonight, uh, we'll have your bags sent off to the castle. Is that true?
1: I've never known that to be true. Okay. I have never, and I've been a big part of Cinderella's Castle for many years.
2: Okay. Um, well, tell us. It
1: may have happened in the past because if you remember Disney World it did at one point in time a year of a million dreams. Yeah. And they did have undercover cops go out to people and do magical moments. <laughs> I don't know if that t- to that caliber. And okay. I'll explain to you why. Um, Cinderella's Castle, the suite This is something that Walt designed inside his plans for Cinderella's Castle for his daughter. He wanted this just solely for his daughter, so when she came to Orlando, she could actually stay there. Uh, This was not to be for somebody, like, guests. Um, So, she never wanted any part of it. And Walt wasn't around for when the Magic Kingdom was finished. So... But you cannot utilize it as a hotel room or for people to stay or promote it because then you're subject to those kind of like tax laws and stuff like that, you know, that regular resorts are subject to. So you would have to open it up. Do you know what I mean?
2: No, I, it's no, I understand. Thing. It's so, a
1: promotional thing. It's random. It could be. It could very well be like something on a game show. So like one of the prizes on the prices right for argument's sake is Hey, a night at Cinderella's castle. It's a promotional thing. They will have contests for cost and for others and they throw it out there and it's up to you. Is only one person I've known that got to Stay in it, and that was Tom Cruise, a celebrity type, besides Ant Man. I met the Ant Man, but Tom Cruise and Siri, he came to Disney World in the Magic Kingdom to get away from all the media only to get attacked on Main Street. He was staying at the Grand <laughs> Floridian, right. so he gets attacked on Main Street. Well, Disney pulls all his stuff and sends him to Cinderella's castle, this way he could just pop up wherever he wanted to go and go back, so he didn't have to deal with that kind of uh, paparazzi. I guess is the right word.
2: Sure. So the reason why uh, I ask the reason why I ask is in one of our episodes, uh, we had called down to make reservations, you know, uh, to stay down at Disney World and. I was joking around saying, you know, I wanted to make reservations to stay at Cinderella's Castle. And uh, so the cast member on the other end said, uh, sure, you you know, you can stay in Cinderella's Castle. I was like, really? It caught me off guard. It's like, really? You know, how much is that? You know, and he had to (laughs) retract and and say, well, 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 we don't just give it away. You can't just, uh, you know, pay money to stay there there's a random cast member that goes through the parks and, and, and taps an individual on the shoulder and says, hey, you and your family can stay there. That's why I was asking that. So, But it's very interesting that uh, you're, you're telling us otherwise, you know? So, very interesting. You can't interesting.
1: charge, because, like I said, if you start... Oh, no. ...for that
2: grill... Right. Right, no, I get that. Um, I was just shocked the guy offered it to me and then realized what he said and then totally had to backtrack and backpedal on it, which... That's...
1: Probably why he realized that, you know, you go to start asking somebody else, then he's subject to giving <laughs> wrong information.
2: Sure, sure. So that's why I was asking because it, it was a funny moment, you know. But uh, getting getting back to your story, and I apologize for interrupting. So you said he Tom. So you're not interrupting at all. Tom Cruise was uh was attacked by paparazzi. He was able to stay there uh, in Cinderella's castle. Did did he? How how many nights did he end up staying?
1: Say like three
2: three nights I think I think there was a I think it was a total three.
1: I know the ant man when the ant man premiered he came to Disney World with his family what's his name Paul Rudd I think it is okay um I'm not a big celebrity guy so um
2: well they live I in their own you. bubble anyway so
1: yeah I don't get involved in that but um I don't blame you The only reason why I knew is because they told me he was coming, Um, and they told me he was staying at the suite, so if I was like in the elevator, blah, 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 which I gotta take that elevator that goes to the suite, uh, back to the lobby to get to Cinderella and take Cinderella in and out that way as well. Actually, funny story. Ant-Man actually took my name tag and took a picture of it because <laughs> Ant-Man <laughs> cool, uh, and his son were looking at hidden Mickeys. And I told him, did you realize that there's hidden Mickeys in each one of the cast members' name tag? And they said, no. And I said, let me show you. And in the name tags of each and every cast member is a hidden Mickey in the castle of the clouds.
2: Hmm. Okay. I didn't know that. Was oh, that the was that the yeah, post that you posted of uh, the where you grew up? It said Tatooine.
1: On that name tag, you'll see it, Mickey. Yeah. Okay. If you look at it, okay. So if you're looking at the castle straight ahead, it's to the right. You'll see the clouds um, forming off to the right side of the castle. There's three circular clouds inside one. Hidden Mickey.
2: Yeah, so I'm so I'm looking right now. I'm trying to find this hidden Mickey here, and he said it's it's to the right. You say.
1: Hey, you're looking straight at the name tag. Castle to the right. Okay, so the castle's got the, the top point, right? The very high point of the right, castle. Right. Right. The second one down, which is not as high. The second kind of point. It actually points almost to it, but it's right there to the right.
2: Okay. All right. Oh, gee. So I so I so I clicked on one of the uh, name tags here, but it's giving me like a hundred. Okay, there we go. To the right. Oh, you know what? I think yeah. I see it.
1: Is the second point that comes up off the castle, not the high one, but the second the one? The second
2: one, yeah. right. I, yeah.
1: Yeah, and it's just right to there.
2: Oh, per- that, that is that is that is pretty cool.
1: Yes, and every name tag has that.
2: Interesting. That's pretty cool. I'm sure you have a collection of name tags at your house too, right? I saw one on Instagram, you know, where it says where you you grew up. It says Tatooine on it. I I thought that was funny. I love your Star Wars humor. I uh, ran into a cast member a year ago last summer, and it said Jakku, and I thought he was he was working the uh, the Dumbo ride down there in Fantasyland, and uh, thought, thought that was thought that was funny. I'm glad to see that they allow you guys to have a name tag that uh, has a little bit personality to it.
1: My name tags actually had meaning. Like, my name tags, I did. I didn't just put my own town. Uh, my first ever name tag I have actually in a book. It's uh, Orlando. Because when I first became a cast member, I honored my grandfather who lived here and always wanted to become a cast member at Disney but never was able to. So I put Orlando for the first, I want to say two to three years, until the 11th anniversary of September 11th, that's when I changed it to New York, New York. To honor my friends that I lost in the towers. Sure. Tatooine? Because that's what Anakin is from.
2: <laughs> so you're an Anakin fan?
1: I'm a big Anakin fan.
2: So what is it, what is it about Anakin?
1: Um, okay, so people are hit or miss about him, but he was a whiny little boy, right? He just wanted. To be the best he could be, they called him mighty. But he wanted to just be the best he could be, and he was like frustrated with the people around him because he's like, "Hey, I want you to um, teach me, right? You know, help me, give me, give me the opportunity." So I can definitely relate to that. Um, But even though he mastered the ways of the force um he only turned to the dark side to actually save his wife
2: yeah he slaughtered like a hundred children in the process
1: I don't agree with that I got it yeah I know I actually I'm, make jokes about that. I'm just with joking with you. Like, no, 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 you're right. You're fine, because I make jokes about that with the kids when I was with the kids out in the park. Right. Yeah, you know, they'd big, big Darth Vader fans. And I'm like, what is it about this guy, man? He killed kids. Right. right? He slaughtered them. Like, you know, I mean, I made fun of it, right? But, um, I'm like, but yeah, you guys love him. Why? Um, I got it. I, you know, and I think that was. Eh hey, we're all not perfect, right?
2: Sure. Oh no, none of us are, man. We got a lot of goodness, but we also got a lot of evil in us as well. It's, it's called being human.
1: Yeah, true. Even though he's not, but um what I loved about him is he never gave up. Right. Love or hate him, he never gave up, and then he realized in the end what it was all about, like his son, you know
2: what I mean? Like, right, right. And and that has a personal touch to you as well, you know? What it you does, said it does. About your son, yeah. No, I get it. Yeah. I, can, I definitely see it now. Let me let me ask you, I'm going to take it in a different direction here. We're going to go back to when you were in safety in that back office job. Yeah. What was the number one thing people complained about? What did you, because you said you wrote them all down, what were some common trends that you saw?
1: Almost everybody complained about, like, the heat or lines.
2: Yeah, they're in Florida and in Theme Park, you gotta expect that, right?
1: Um, you know, I, I told them Disney World, it caters to the world. So, there is no slow time. Like, if people would ask me, what's a slow time? There's time. Right.
2: It's the
1: number one vacation spot in the world here in Orlando. I mean, you got Universal, you got SeaWorld. You got thousands of other things that I can name off besides the Disney World. Um, you know, a million people... You want to know the numbers, I'll tell you. Um, a million people, uh, would walk through the gates a week. Wow. Um... You know, it would break down to, like, I think it was, like, 49 and change million a year.
2: So, um, so did you ever field any positive, uh, I mean, any, anything positive? Did, or was it solely just complaints that you would field all the time? Did you have any positive comments that would come your way at all?
1: In the office?
2: No, no not in the office? No. I could definitely all, see why you wanted to get well, out it then. I was Walt
1: Disney, uh... It, it's kind of funny, you know. You, you know who the true Disney fans are, right? And the true people who understand Disney and then the people who just came just to come. Um, you get a feel for them, because oh, the ones I always ticked off were, um, like, ticked off on a sheet, in other words. Not bad,
2: like right, right. the other
1: ticked off. Like, checked off. Um... I would tell them, well, you know, I, I said, do. You understand Walt Disney's philosophy, and his, they would say, well, why would Walt Disney purposely design something to maim and injure children and adults? You know, in other words, like the curbs and train tracks and rocks. Um, and I said, do, you do realize that Walt or Walt Disney wasn't alive. For, for Magic Kingdom to be built, right? Um, no, I didn't know that. Well, you know, so then why would you make that statement? Um, you know, like, did you come here just on vacation? Because that's perfectly okay. Um, but this is a place to escape to reality into a land of enchantment and fantasy. I kept that philosophy in the office. Bingo. So, in other words, like, you know, Main Street's got train tracks. Think about it. You're not thinking because. It's turn of the century. There is no cars. Yeah, they got antique cars at the turn of the century. But trimel- primarily, excuse me, it was awesome buggy.
2: Right. So I, I come to escape. Seller. You know, I think a lot of us do. You, you escape from reality. Yeah, I do so, too. Yeah. And it's living no by one. that philosophy, you know? And it's only... it It's like money. And I've, I've said this to a lot of my friends. Money only has value because you believe in it. Well, the same thing applies to Walt Disney and his philosophy in the parks. You believe in it, it has value. And to me, it has value. And a lot of my friends, it has value. So we go there because we believe in it.
1: You know what? You're so right. Like I told you, how many people walk through those gates? So it's a very small, minor percentage.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, in other words,
1: like... You know, there were 16 of us in the office. We all handled about 20 things a day. Um, The thing is, is that, you know, it was a very small percentage, but I would never, um, I would never um, diminish somebody. Do you know what
2: I mean? Sure, sure thing. Um,
1: and I would, never, I would never take it away from them. I would never... Like, I tried to make it the most magical I could, um, even though they had a rough time. Um,
2: no, and that's what makes the place grand. That's what makes cast members like you so special. That's what makes the experience so special. The magical moments that you've been talking about. Let's take you all the way back when you first got uh, the position as, as a cast member working in safety. You went through a class called Traditions, right? Yes, okay, can I you, did. Can you talk about that at all? Is, is that okay? Can you, can you tell us a little bit of what it's like, to, that feeling you had that first day? I'm sure you were nervous but yet extremely excited at the same time because you're not just taking on any job. You're taking on... Uh, it, well, quite frankly, it's not a job at all. You know, you, you, it really you're, taking, it. On, you're taking on not, a lifestyle.
1: And it's what they teach you in traditions. It's not a job. Like, I, I talk about it in some of my posts, or I did anyway, and I still will continue that in the future. Um, it's not a job, it's a way of life. You're not an employee. You're a cast member, and we're not here to make money. We're here to make a difference.
2: Definitely, Um, and a lot of you guys do that, and it's just purely amazing.
1: It is the ones that, that that truly come here for, like, you know, I'm surrounded by some amazing kids. Is the way I classify them because you know they are. Intelligent turns or young, um, I've experienced life. Um, They want to do that. That's what they want to do. That's why, like, we did the things we did, is because you go into tradition and they explain to you the philosophy of the magic kingdom, what its actual purpose is, and what, like, the meaning behind it.
2: Um, what do they the tell Peter you? Pan,
1: uh, you know, it's the Peter Pan philosophy. Um, okay,
2: okay, got it. I'm sure a Denver lot of our listeners got it.
1: It's it's a land of like this fantasy land. There's seek adventure land. Um, you know, at the time it was you know the, the world of tomorrow land. Um, you know, Main Street USA is actually modeled after, you know, Marceline, kind of, yep. where Walt grew up.
2: Which is an amazing and place, and you still need to get out there and see it, buddy, and when you do, let me know. I'll meet you there.
1: I definitely will. It's definitely on my bucket list to to, to, do, uh, to get there.
2: Now, it's in I the will. middle of nowhere, Mike. It's it's It truly is in the middle of nowhere. It just pops up. And it is an extremely small town, and really the town is just Main Street. They do have a train that goes by, uh, and it would have been the same. Well, actually, the tracks I think have moved over since then a little bit, but it would have been the same uh, area that Walt would have boarded the trains every time he made his trip back and forth. But uh, a train comes he by like every ten minutes, trains. huh?
1: He absolutely loved trains. Oh, he
2: was—he was, yeah, he was very intrigued and and fascinated by them.
1: It's funny you say that. I mean, that is so. I didn't know this until you just said that. But Magic Kingdom is in the middle of nowhere. So when you look out before you walk in, like used to be turnstiles, but now it's like your Matching Band against the Mickey head, yeah, (laughs) kind of before you enter the park, right? So, which kind of you know I'm hit or miss about because I went to Disneyland and it's turnstiles. So it's the escape of reality into fantasy. This modern technology thing bringing it into Magic Kingdom is something that Walter Wise Disney didn't want because it was the escape of reality into a land of fantasy. So he kept things different. Um, but when you look back out, you look over that Bay Lake, you look over Seven Seas Lagoon, there is nothing. There was oh, no. Of life.
2: Right, like, you're right.
1: Um, and then when you look down, it's all red. And the sidewalks of Main Street are all red. That's for the red carpet. He designed that red carpet to go up to the show, um, which the show is the center of attention, Cinderella's Castle.
2: Okay, all right. So, interesting. Yeah, the, the, the sidewalks in uh, Marceline, Missouri are not red, but, uh, but that's very interesting. I didn't know that. No, you know what? I take so, that yeah. back, buddy. I take that back. I wonder... I'm sure I was told that on my Keys of the Kingdom tour, and I probably just forgot.
1: They should tell you that on that tour.
2: They probably did, and I forgot. I'm good at that. At least my wife tells me.
1: Yeah. You know, it's easy to forget these things. It's easy to, like, come in and get caught up in a moment. Um, you obviously appreciate it for what it stands for and what it is. Um, so you go in, you go out have fun, right? You throw your hands out while you're on Dumbo. These are the things that they try and teach you. Um, this is not normal. This is everything that's, you know, the escape of reality. So the four keys is what they try and teach you in traditions. Safety, um, courtesy, show, and efficiency. Efficiency in a theme park... You know, you can be as efficient as as just having fun, because the more fun you're having, the more easier it is to move the club. Right. Like I was telling you the other day, right? If a kid's climbing something, and you know they shouldn't, right? Right, right. I mean, I've been there, and I got a hard time with it, because I've done it. So it's kind of like me calling the kettle black, but... At the same time, you don't want them to get hurt. So, you know, it's like people generally, not all, but percentage wise, they would yell, like, hey, get down there. You know, or you have fun with it. And you have fun with them. And that keeps the flow moving more. Because by coming on Main Street, they tell you, hey, you can't walk this way, you have to walk over this way. Have fun with it. I'm telling like, you, you know. Okay, so everybody, we're gonna do, you know, the Texas two step to the left, to the left, to the left, to the left. You know what I mean? Like have fun with it instead of right. just telling people because they always say that people don't listen. They do, but they're so used to being yelled at or talked to or told what to do or told where to go, that's monotonous. That's second nature. So when it's something different, it's What's their attention and, and all of a sudden they raise an eyebrow and look, now you've got their attention so when you're a little more goofy it's going to be easier to move
2: them. you're absolutely right, let me share a story with you Mike um, so the other day when we talked to you, you mentioned that whole story about the kid that was climbing and you, you said hey, I don't want to have to send all the king's horses and all the king's men to put you back together again uh, you know, so, I'm a, I, yes, 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 so yes. I'm a teacher, and, you know, I used that twice with two of my students on two different days, and right now, we're in the last two weeks of school, and the kids are crazy at this moment, right? They're nutty. They know it's the end of school. Summer break's coming up in two weeks. They're not listening to their teacher at all. I, I've had two kids on two separate days, like, get on top of their desk and tilt their chairs back and... And I'm like, you know, I, I, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try what, what Mike taught me, and I did exactly that. I told him the exact phrase that you, that you had said, and you know, the kid stopped. He looked at me, he laughed, and they got right down and did exactly what I wanted him to do. And I didn't have to get stern. Yes, I didn't have to get stern. I didn't have to go all the way over there. The, the other kiddos kind of chuckled at it as well and thought it was funny. But I had that kid's attention the rest of the day, which was amazing. And one of which. I really struggle with one kiddo because he really just gives me a hard time. But I threw a little humor in it and tried your method, which I do anyway. But it was something new and, and, and funny. And the kiddo, had, I you know, I had his attention the rest of the day. And I was like, man, Michael, you're so right.
1: <laughs> That's awesome. It really is. Because, you know, I mean, I used to castle all the time. They would complain, oh, these kids don't listen. No. They do. This is the kids' part. They're doing exactly what they should be doing. So, like, if you're going to come in with that philosophy, you'll never succeed in life. You have to get down to the level of the people that surround you to actually be successful. Because, let's face it, kids at home don't get attention. And if they do get attention, they're getting yelled at. Um, I saw it in the parks a lot. Um, definitely like hey get over here you can't run over there hey you can't do this and you know if I was in the area I would always tell them do you realize they're in the right you're in the wrong <laughs> because the park you're actually probably looking for is 10 miles east <laughs> this is the one and only twelve and under park. <laughs> right. Welcome to the magic kingdom. <laughs> that is the awesome. That is perfect. Like, they were loud. Yeah, and you know what? People can't get mad at that. And like do they, 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 they like, get it? They do they
2: loud. do they get the humor in that? Oh, they, they probably do. have no clue I mean, what you are talking about.
1: There is some that don't. <laughs> there really is. I will tell you that. Um, there is some that just don't get it.
2: That's great, dude. Well, buddy, um, I'm going to wrap us up. You know, I, I love your philosophy. It, you know, I've always said, treat treat everyone every day like it's their birthday. And you you that's exactly what you do. And we need more people like you. So I just want to say thanks. And you know what? The, the other day when we were talking, that was a mentoring situation. So you're not just mentoring kids, but you're also mentoring adults. You know, I, I used some of your little tricks in my classroom and it worked.
1: It's really flattering and honored. I, I tell you, I mean, it's just, it's all simple things. Um, you know, I'm a father of three, so, you know, and i spend spent a lot of time with my kids growing up. I'm spending even more time with them now. Um, kids really, all they care about is how much you care. So, like, when you do something like that, it's going to get their attention more so than the typical, like, talking down or trying to talk normal to them. You know what I mean? Right. And it's funny because we lose sight of that as parents. Now, as parents, when children are first born, when they're first dead, they're little babies. You know, people are talking to them like, aha, uh-huh. you know what I mean? Like this little baby gaga talk, right? But then mm-hmm. they lose sight of it as they get older and more often. They're kind of independent and can kind of do things. Now it's like, wait, I have to have this control. No, you don't. You don't have to have the control. Just let them live their life because at one point in time they're gonna have to work like us and they're gonna have to have responsibilities like us. Right. And you know, when you get down to that level, it's I, I think it's just my opinion, but I think it's
2: it's more smooth, right? Definitely. You and you and I definitely agree and we're a lot alike. I wanna say thanks again, Michael, for, for coming on the show. We really do appreciate it and sharing those magical moments. I uh, gotta have you on back again. Listeners, don't forget to check out our sponsors, themagicalmouse.com, bringing you that magic wherever you may be. Also, check out MouseCapadesPodcast.com. Check out our episodes and click on the right-hand link where it says MouseCapades Radio. We're bringing you the authentic uh, park uh, radio from Walt Disney World and Disneyland. And listeners, hey, I think it's about that time. Peace. Have a magical day, my friends
0: been listening to the all new Mousecapades podcast brought to you by our friends at themagicalmouse.com be our guest put our service to the test if you have questions, comments or would like to be a guest on the show please visit our website at mousecapadespodcast.com you can also find us on Facebook Instagram and Twitter thanks for listening and have a magical day